Hello, you're welcome to If I Were the Minister for Education from Onshaw.net. Episode 66 All Special Schools to Come Under One System. For those of us working in mainstream schools, even those of us with special classes in our mainstream schools, the special school has, I suppose, I wouldn't say an air of mystery about it, but certainly we tend not to know a lot about what happens in a special school. This episode uh, asks the question, really, about why there's so many different types of special schools. And I suppose I'm arguing that all special schools should come under one system. Given that there's so few of them in the country, there's only about 150, 160 special schools. And um, there are about five or six different patronages of special schools, which makes their voices harder to uh, come by. Now, the biggest uh, patron body of special schools, uh, as you won't be surprised to hear, is the Catholic Church. So I suppose I'm not going to really get into that in this episode, because ultimately I would say all special schools coming under one system would obviously not have any religious uh, control. But who am I to talk about special schools, really, when I don't work in one and you know, in fairness, I probably don't understand them very well. So in this special episode, I got a little bit of help. Um, And that help came from a special school principal. And that was Anne Hartnett. And in this episode, I decided rather than focusing, I suppose, entirely on whether school, special schools should come under one system, I thought it would be best for me to try and understand how special schools work and what, um, what, what they feel needs to be done rather than what I feel needs to be done. So in this sort of, I suppose, special episode of uh, If I Were the Minister for Education, where I will ask the question around uh, whether special schools should come under one uh, patron body or so one system. And rather than saying what I would do if I were the Minister for Education, I'm going to give Anne the, uh, the mic this week to tell us what she would do if she were the Minister for Education. Hello, hello, you are welcome to If I Were the Minister for Education. This is Simon Lewis from Anshad.net, where every week I take an aspect of the primary education system and tell you what I would do if I were the Minister for Education. This week is a little bit different than normal uh, because I felt it was probably unfair for me to start talking about special schools, given that I know so little about them, as you're going to hear. And I was very lucky to be approached uh, by Anne Hartnett, who's the principal of St. Paul's Special School in County Cork. And she uh, and I had a chat about her career Um, about being a special school principal, about being a teacher in special schools and what special schools need if they were the Minister for Education. So I'm going to um, leave you in the capable hands of Anne. Um, I'm going to be asking her questions. You'll notice the audio changes to sort of an audio kind of thing. We recorded this on Zoom earlier this week and uh, so hopefully the sound quality is good enough for you. Listen, I hope uh, you enjoyed this uh, episode and uh, I'll be back at the end to wrap things up. Um, although I have some knowledge of special schools 
through my wife being a principal of one of the uh, of one for a couple of years, I've never worked in a special school myself. And apart from the subject of this podcast, I think it's kind of interesting to find out what it's actually like working and leading a special school. So I'm very lucky to be joined by Anne Hartnett, who's principal of St. Paul's School in Montanati in Cork. How are you doing, Anne? I'm doing great today, Paul, as Simon. Thank you so much. Um, and you know you're missing out uh, if you're that you haven't worked in a special school because they are fantastic places to work. Well, fantastic. I, I, I'm looking forward to hearing uh, all about what it's like in a special school. But before I do that, without this sounding like a job interview, um, you might tell us uh, tell us about yourself, how you got into teaching, uh, any previous career, and then your route maybe to becoming a principal of a special school. Yeah, sure, for sure. Um, well, I suppose quite simply, I always loved children and I babysat half the neighbourhood down here in Cork because I'm from Cork. Um, and but as I as I grew older, I felt that the uh, mainstream curriculum was actually quite restrictive. Um, so I went and discovered uh, Montessori and I just really, really loved it. So I went to Cyan Hill for three years um, uh, up in Dublin and I loved that. And then I went to Brussels and I taught in a uh, Montessori school over there and I taught nine to 12 year olds, which was really, really interesting. Um, and one of those children had special needs and I really enjoyed thinking outside the box, teaching that lovely young lady. So when I came back to Dublin, I knew that was the area that I wanted to work in. And so I walked all over Dublin, my CVs and everything, trying to get a job. And I was fortunate. Now, I did subbing here and there in a number of special schools and I was in mainstream schools as well. But my heart from the very start has always been in special ed. So I worked for four years in Stuart School up in Palmerstown uh, and I absolutely loved it. And Stuart School caters for children. At that time, it catered for children with moderate, severe or profound intellectual disabilities. Mm -hmm. um, and I know nowadays it's got the same designation and it does have also have children with ASD. So anyway, um, I fell in love and had to come back to Cork. And uh, <laughs> so I was very lucky to get a job here in uh, St. Paul's. And I started off as a teacher. Uh, my wonderful, I have two wonderful predecessors, Sister Mary John and Helen Guinan. And um, I, you know, went through the usual process. I had a B post as it was then, um, and then an AP1 post. Then I, when there were posts in school, mm. Simon, I should. Oh, I remember those days. I remember those <laughs> days. Oh my goodness. And uh, then I, I became principal, I think was it around 2010, or sorry, deputy principal in 2010. And I was a teaching deputy principal, of course. And then I was fortunate enough to become principal in, I think it was 2014, 2015. Um, and I was an administrative principal then of St. Paul's. And St. Paul's caters for children with a moderate or a severe or a profound intellectual disability. Ah, so very similar to your, your first job in Palmerston, is it? Exactly, exactly. No, I forgot to mention that I also went back and did a postgrad in St. Pat's as well. And that was fantastic because at that time you could uh, you started in October and you finished in May and the best thing about it is that you were with all other teachers because I was a teacher at the time mm -hmm. who had an interest in special ed but came from such diverse backgrounds in special ed uh, there was one man and he was uh, working with young offenders you know then we had another teacher who was working with visually impaired you know every type of uh, special need that's out there so that was fantastic that was 
really worthwhile. That's fantastic. So, I mean, for those of us, for those of us who, who haven't worked in special schools um, or maybe unfamiliar with special schools, because there's only, I think, is there a, about just over, is it 150 special schools in the country? Is that right? Yeah, yeah. There's, there's slightly more, but we're less than 2% of the school population. This is know? it, and yeah. I know for the same schools that are, have the same designation as us, there's just over 40 nationwide. Okay, wow. So it's um, it, so so there aren't that many. So it, it's quite likely that most people aren't familiar, really, with the, with what happens in special schools. I mean, I suppose it's a very very simple question, really. Is who goes to special schools? Who goes to special schools. So many wonderful children, right? They're ah no, they're fab. Um, okay, so special schools have their own designation, right? So you could have a school that caters a special school that caters for children with a mild intellectual disability, or you could have a school that caters for a child who is within the autistic spectrum, right? So, and every school must may, must stay to their own designation, right? Um, now, so obviously, and I, I, I'll talk about St. Paul's, we, our children here, we have 97 uh, children in our school. They're aged from four to 18, and our school would be reflective of a lot of the special schools. Um, we are ran as a primary school, right? Um, and we follow the same calendar as all primary, mainstream primary schools. Mm -hmm. um, and we have children who come from all over Cork County, you know? Wow. So some of our children have a very, very early start in the morning um, to get to here. Um, the majority of children uh, attending special schools, 90% would attend via, with a bus, uh, with a bus escort mm. uh, or by taxi you know wow. um, and we have the same school day now in St Paul's we have um, three curricula running you know because we're in a way we're a double double we're primary and secondary and we have seven classes for children with a moderate intellectual disability and eight classes for children with a severe or profound intellectual disability and wow. in each of those classes there's the teacher and two SNAs in all of the moderate classes and in all of the special classes, a miracle happened on the last day of the summer in June this year, we were granted an additional five SNAs. So we now have 40 SNAs in the school, right? Wow, that's so, uh, that's amazing. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, 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 I have, uh, I don't think I've heard in ages, uh, probably for years that uh, school has been granted uh, anything near uh, uh, even yeah. one SNA extra. Yeah. So to get five is, is certainly sounds like a miracle, all right. But I, I just wanted to touch on something there, a couple of things that you said there, uh, particularly around buses, um, bus escorts and SNAs. Yeah. That's a huge number of people to manage as, yeah. as a school leader. And I know um, there isn't any reward for doing so. I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Well, um, I, I know for absolute certainty that I am speaking when I say this uh, on behalf of all special school principals. It's shocking, Simon, you know, mm. it really is. I mean, the amount of your school day is taken up with, uh, I have 40 wonderful SNAs and I honestly, and if anybody from the Department of Education is listening, I actually even need more, thank you very mm. much. But um, of course, they're human beings and they need to be managed. Not a mind to say the bus escorts. Um, and like we have about, uh, I'd say about 40 or 50 buses coming in and out here. And our yeah. bus escorts are shared with uh, Skolena and Skull Bernadette, which are two neighboring special schools for children with a mild ID. Mm -hmm. Now, we do, we are probably one of the luckiest uh, in the country that our service provider, Cope Foundation, 
look after our transport. But even with that, and they're a fantastic organization, but mm. even with that, there is still quite a lot that comes to our door, uh, the, 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 the principal's door, you know. Um, yeah. I cannot, like, I find it just, you know, I, I remember, you know, the uh, networking site that was up there for, for principals. Um, I don't know, is it uh, IPPN have it? Yes. And the mainstream principal was appalled that um, he was not getting remunerated for three or four SMEs, you know? <laughs> and I, at the time, I had 35 and I was going, oh my God. Yeah. Um, so, you know, um, it's just ridiculous. But you see, I suppose the thing about it is the department are getting away with it because number one, we're such a small number. Yeah. Number two, we uh, they don't want to set a precedent you know what i mean uh they're very reluctant to do that now thankfully we fought and fought and fought to get an administrative deputy principal mm. in uh in in special schools and like that was a 10-year battle um but again and it was really thanks to jim mulkerns who was in the department he's moved on now since sure that, that came through but it was only if you had 15 classes so i just got there you know, wow. you know i know yesterday there was the announcement that of course all special schools should have uh, an administrative principal i mean it, it's shocking that it's on that has only happened in this budget exactly Exactly. And that did happen for special schools. I mean, because yeah. we heard that special schools with special classes had got the admin principal. So it's it's if also special two, schools. If they have, uh, they need two or more special classes. Yes. But um, like, it's just you know, most of my day, you know, you have to organise the SMAs. Of course mm. you do. And you know, when something comes out to say, uh, you know, about Crow Park or whatever, that's fine if you have four or five SMAs. But when you've thirty or forty of them, and some of my colleagues have more, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's it takes up a lot of your day. We wouldn't we could not function without them. You know what I mean? I know. Because I never. Yeah. It, it's like with any management, you know, and then could I just add as well that um, uh, we also have um, in the day that was we were managing MDT members and all of this. There's an awful lot of extra stuff attached to special schools for which we are very grateful. Yes. But it's not it's not it's not recognized. We're, we're bottom of the ladder. I, I'm going to say it because it's the truth. We are bottom of the ladder when it comes to the Department of Education across the board. Yeah, I, I, I think I, I and in fairness, I think I think you're you're probably right when you say that. I mean, even I'm just even thinking, you know, with a staff of I mean, clearly, you know, 30, 40 SNAs uh, every day. You know, I mean, every day or every I'd say you dread Sunday evenings uh, with, with your phone yeah. with someone calling in sick and things like that. I mean, it must be yeah. you're not only I mean, that's just only a small part of managing uh, yeah. things. Yeah. But and, and bear in mind, Simon, that a lot of my colleagues are managing all of the bus escorts uh, mm. as well, you know, and the drivers and everything. And I know principals who go and do bus escorting because there's nobody else to do it. I mean, as you're aware, across society at the moment, it's impossible to get staff. Yeah. Um, so it can be very, very difficult. And you see, then you don't you, you I know and I'm sure you're the same in mainstream, but you don't want to be asking parents to do uh, anything extra they've enough on their plate you know but so the last it, yeah. thing you want to do is to be ringing parents and saying listen can you bring your child in from Canturk, which is like 40 50 miles away you know yeah 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 no I mean this, very, this very is it frustrating, yeah. oh it's very frustrating I'm, I'm kind of thinking uh, you know that maybe uh, with the expansion of special classes uh, in, in in mainstream schools uh, my school would have two special classes for the last 15 years or so and we we've uh, you know so about 
I, I, I often, I don't, I, I absolutely don't uh, have the same um, struggle, but I, I, I calculated that I'm, I'm only paid for 60% of my staff. So you must be down around the, you know, oh, 10, 20%. I, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Because yeah. it's close to 80. Uh, and uh, I have uh, 16 class teachers. Yeah, uh, so upwards, uh, you know, uh, between because uh, we have two part-time teachers as well, but like they're not counted, <laughs> you know. Oh, so, I know. Uh, I know. Yeah, so we have uh, there. There's a lot, you know, but there's just so much going on, um, and you know that always gets pushed to the back burner. Absolutely, because there's there's other things that are more uh, pressing, you know. Exactly. But I, the last thing I will say is that I wonder if it was similar in 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 mainstream schools. Mm. You know, like, of course, they wouldn't put up with it and they would they, they're right not to put up with it. But it takes it takes a lot of time and energy. To exactly. And I think with the expansion of special classes in mainstream schools, that, that adds to that voice that that really yeah. should be should be heard. You mentioned um, MDT uh, yeah. people. So okay, just Sorry. for those of you who don't know what they are, who are they? The, the multidisciplinary team. Um, and they're wonderful. So they're made up of the physiotherapist, the occupational therapist, the speech and language therapist, uh, the nurses, the dietitian, the psychologist. And wouldn't it be wonderful if we had them in the school? We don't. Oh. So up until uh, I'm not sure if uh, you're aware of uh, PDS, which is the Progressing Disability Services. So um, just to, I suppose, uh, try and simplify it in my own head, because it can get very confusing. So. Sure. Prior, the Progressing Disability Services was rolled out on the 12th of April this year, right? Now, up until then, our service providers were funded by the HSE to provide physios, OTs, speech and language therapists, SLTs to the school, right? They mm -hmm. would be the three main uh, MDT, multidisciplinary team members that we would require, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so then somewhere, the powers that, that be, decided that all children should have equal access to MDT services and they are absolutely right okay mm. they absolutely should but unfortunately what has happened is they have taken the team that were working we'll say in St Paul's yeah. and that like for example I was talking to one of our previous MDT members the the we're under the Cork Central team right the majority of children in our school um, and they have 700 children on their caseload with the same amount of staff that were serving the special schools. It wow. just does not make sense. So the physiotherapist that I was talking to, he is with the PDS for 0.5 of a post and he has 400 children, oh 400 goodness. children. That's and nice. we'll say like in St. Paul, and I should have said prior to PDS, the MDT teams that we did have, we didn't have them near enough. We didn't have enough of any of them and we didn't have them for enough time. They are amazing people. They are just fantastic. But and I know this is echoed throughout the country. They are stretched to the limit. It looks fantastic in paper that all children should have equitable. Of course they should. Yes. But hello, they need to be resourced. You need to put the resources in place. So what has happened now in our school, and again, I'm sure this is reflective across the country, mm. we have had, and I have said this to our new parents now again this year, we have had zero input last year, even outside of the pandemic. Wow. Zero. Zero. Because they, the staff were preparing for PDS. Right? Yeah. And now, I know I was talking to a different, because Cork is split up into different um uh, uh, teams right mm. so I was talking to a different team leader and I said well I emailed at you and she said Anne 
there's just no point, she said, send it in the post, it will go on top of a pile, she said, that someday will be looked at. Like yeah. my heart goes out to them. I mean, that it's just Stop. ridiculous. I know of another key worker who also had 400 children, four, not just in special schools. These are also children aged zero to three who are in hospital. Wow. Right? And she is doing that part time because for the rest of the time, she's a social worker. Oh my I goodness. mean, how can people possibly do their job properly? And I must acknowledge we have an amazing uh, team leader here with us in Cork. Yeah. And she is doing everything she can. It's not their fault. They're just no, not at all. And what can they do? I mean, it's, 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 I'm just kind of thinking of this school inclusion model pilot that's going on uh, uh, up in uh, Kildare and Wicklow at the minute. And I'm, I, 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 from what you're saying there, it sounds like we're in for this, something similar when it happens that uh, any services people are getting from the HSE are going to be um, changed to this. And it doesn't sound like it doesn't bode well at all, does and, it? And Simon, honestly, I would be I would love to see it work. I really would. But mm. They've been speaking about this for over 10 years. Yeah, and I do know. Again, my predecessors would have sat down with them and would have said, this is not going to work, you know, I unless know. ABC is in place. Not even DEF is in place. Not a mind to say ABC. Just if they can me. get the foundations yeah. right, exactly. And, that's and that's the, it. the last thing I want to say on that is that the 97 children that we have in this school, every single one of them needs speech and language therapy. Yeah. It's not that it would be nice. They absolutely need it. They need occupational therapy. The majority of them need occupational therapy and just just close to half of them need physiotherapy. And the killing thing is, is that the longer these children are left, the greater the cost, because let's face it, it always comes down to money. The, yeah. the cost is going to be when they go into adult services. Exactly. You know, and, and, and I like to be fair to Cope Foundation, they're an outstanding service. But they're they're strapped, you know, I, they are completely cash strapped. And I would imagine it's the same for Brothers of Charity, Stewart's uh, School up in Dublin, you know, all of the service providers. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I absolutely. So I'm going to change the subject a little yeah. bit, uh, but I, I want to I, I'm kind of interested, as, as you might know from from the podcast in diversity, particularly in the profession of teaching. And it always strikes me, um, you know, that when it comes to special classes and special schools, because of them. Um, I suppose there isn't that requirement for the Irish language qualification yeah. that a lot of uh, teachers from, you know, maybe uh, backgrounds that may not be Irish may get themselves into our education system yeah. um, into the special school system yeah. as a result of that. Is that, is that. is that reflected, you know, generally in special schools that there may be a more diverse staff room than, let's say, mainstream schools? And do you think... Um, I, not like yeah, we'll say the the backgrounds of the teachers that we have right their qualifications would be diverse you know mm. so we would have teachers who qualified in the UK in Wales and Scotland um, and of course Montessori because obviously mm. I'm an advocate of those um, yes. but they like we would have uh, uh, teachers of other nationalities you know of course we would but um not really. I suppose the the where the diversity is seen the most is in the pupil population, you know, because of course, like every mainstream school, we would have children from a number of different countries, which we're always delighted to have, you know, because that brings its own richness into the curriculum, doesn't it? And even for the other children as well. Yeah, but the the staff itself uh, would be fairly representative of of. You of know, mainstream, yeah, of mainstream, Absolutely. yeah, okay, that okay. Would include, that would include the 40 SNAs as well, 
Really as well. OK, because often you'd find a little bit more diversity in the in yeah. SNA population. But uh, well, that's I, I, I suppose that's that's interesting to know, um, I, I suppose, uh, because, again, there, there'd be a, a perception out there maybe that that would be almost like a loophole or a way in yeah. uh, to our education system. So yeah. kind of interesting that it hasn't. Yeah. It, it, it really doesn't actually reflect the... Uh... Not really. I mean, we'd have a number, we'd have a, we'd have a few, but it, as you say, it'd be reflective, I'd imagine, across mainstream as well. Yeah, that's, that, that, that's fair enough. Um, I'm going to... Um, I'm kind of... Another thing, that I suppose, is the title of the podcast, is, is there seems to be quite a lot uh, for, for such a small number of, of, sco- of schools within the general population. There seems to be a lot of flavours, let's say, of yes. special school. You know, yeah. I, I, I'm familiar uh, through my wife being uh, the principal of a sapling school for a while. But a, a few, I mean, maybe this, this is just a, a blip in the, in the system at the time, but quite a lot of small special schools kind of came to pass, like Saplings, Red Door, Abacus. Yeah. Uh, they were all generally autism-specific private yeah. schools yeah. trying to convert yeah. it over. But there does seem to be quite a lot. And I suppose the question I have for you is, uh, is that it? Can that be problematic in terms of trying to get a joint voice, or um, do you well, all work together quite nicely? There's there's pros and there's cons, right? In the sense that there's thirteen. For, again, now I'll speak about what I'm familiar with the most. There's thirteen special schools in Cork, right? Um, and as I said previously, they would all have their own designation, you know. Mm. So um, you would also have, we'll say, uh, a school for children with emotional and behavioural disorders, mm-hmm. school for specific learning disability, and so on and so forth, right? Now, as a group, they are they're just fantastic because we do all speak the same language you know we're all singing off the same page and it's wonderful for us to come together you know if we're trying to address something um and there's no there's no barriers there's it's not like oh they're um they all of all of the cork special school principals we all have a common link and that's what it is that we're all special schools you Mm. know but then each of us for example i meet with the national group for uh of principals who of schools for children with moderate severe profound id right Mm. and we'll say the principals of the mild schools they also have a national group and the uh all of our all of those cork special schools have um other uh what would other designations along with asd right okay so um and but then i do know that the asd schools they also have a group that they meet with you know Mm. So it does, it can, the only way it can cause, it's never a problem. You would never see it as a problem or an issue, you know, but it's just nationwide because the numbers are small. So the voices are small. But then the plus side of that is that for a problem that we might have, it would be a lot cheaper for the department to solve it than it would if that same problem was with all mainstream schools. Yes. Yeah. No, that that makes sense. Yeah. There's that side of it too. So, I mean, I suppose uh, the, a question then leading from that is for, for special schools right now, I, I guess, what's the single kind of, what's the biggest issue right now for leaders of special schools and teachers in special schools and even children in special schools? What, what would be the, if, the, the, the big issue right now? Three letters, PDS, Progressing <laughs> Disability Services, you know, and as I say, it, it's, you know, it, it's, it's frustrating for the children because they're not receiving the the um, input that they need it's so frustrating for the parents um, the staff for everybody absolutely everybody that there wasn't um, 
more structures put in place. You know, we were we were very fortunate uh, last month. We were gifted a, a check of uh, anonymously of twenty two and a half thousand, which was wow. fantastic. We were so lucky, and it was given to three other special schools as well. Mm. But you know what, Simon? If I could, if I could wave a magic wand, my wish would be that we could have on-site therapists. Yeah, that would just be phenomenal. It, it's amazing that it on site it's an yeah it's amazing that 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 isn't the case and again there's there, there and I, i'm guilty of the assumption myself because i would be giving out uh in in my uh two uh classes that we have a, a fully built um uh, autism classes and we have a room for ot and we have a room for uh therapies but we know we don't get the therapists uh either Absolutely. and you know i've I, i've i've uh, often given out about that but i would have assumed uh in specials because that there would be some someone or something I never enough but I thought there'd be someone yeah, yeah. but clearly that's not the case not, not since PDS there we always had something uh, not enough nowhere near enough but we always had something but not since progressing disability services we have had pretty much zero and as I and I, I have to it's it's the powers that be it's it's the, the and I, I I don't like to use the word blame or fault but it mm. lands squarely and firmly at their door because they did not give enough resources to all of the uh, teams that are up and down the country yeah. and, and I am not saying of course the children in mainstream schools and special classes of course they need the input as well mm -hmm. but to take it from and that's essentially what's happened yeah uh, from special schools it just doesn't like it doesn't make sense not at absolutely all. Absolutely no sense. No, it makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. And it's it's kind of interesting because I before you mentioned it there, I've never heard of PD P, is PDS. Is there a PD? PD yeah, PDS, Progressing Disability Services. Yeah, which just goes to show, like, yeah. the voice that special schools have. I'm sure, like, every special school would know what PDS is. And here's me in my lovely bubble of mainstream, yeah. in a way, I've, I've never heard of it. And it really goes to show that, despite the fact you guys are probably shouting um, yeah. about this all the time, it's not reaching you know, even the level of, of representative. And I like to think I'm fairly clued in to, to education. Yeah. Um, like, who, who would be your biggest voice or representative in, in, in education you know, and look to be fair namsby uh, the national association of the board of management of uh, uh, special education they're absolutely fabulous mm. fabulous the cpsma are fabulous and ippn are fabulous it's those three really mm. um that uh, we go to you know um and but i know for me um, it's my cohort of principals, you know, they're, they're our biggest voice. Um, mm. And unfortunately, we have to resort to the media sometimes. But um, from a, uh, for, for me, certainly, it would be those three organizations. And they've been, they've been helpful in, in, in what kind of ways? Like, so, for example, with the deputy principal uh, battle, which is what it was, it was yeah. a battle, um, they stood side by side with us. Um, they, and thankfully, they stood side by side with each other, uh, mm. with the department. And, you know, we had to give presentations and all of that. And they visited the schools. They got the information that was needed. And they like because obviously they're the key stakeholders with the Department of Education. So they pushed it for us on our behalf. And that's why that came to pass, I think, was a three years ago now. Okay. Um, and the difference it has made is phenomenal because even I know uh, my deputy, um, you know, something as simple as hoists and um, slings and all of that kind of thing, they all have to be um, 
uh, what's the word, serviced. Mm. You know, all slings have to be checked and monitored. So all of that has to be organized. Yeah, know? I'm paid for. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. We really, <laughs> we really want to start on that one today. Yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. Opening cans of worms yeah, all over the yeah. place. Yeah. Oh, gosh. I know. I know. Um, I... I, 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 I don't know if this is an interesting question for you, but I mean, given my uh, obvious lack of knowledge, um, to, despite my, my uh, to, uh, you know, despite my thinking that I, I know everything about education, which I clearly don't. Um, what's one thing you would like uh, people to know about special schools that you think, I suppose, we don't know? I suppose the, the, the best thing I, I would say is I would, I would not like people to be afraid of special schools. Mm. And I'm saying that particularly to the teachers, you know. Yeah. Unfortunately, um, there's very little, oh my God, and it's like I'm moaning all the time, but there's very little input given in the teacher training colleges mm. about what really goes on in a special school. So, and the placements are not, uh, they're optional. Um, so and I do know from speaking to the wonderful NQTs that do come to us they say that and it uh, it was only said to me yesterday you know that they're they'd be terrified and oh my god what would you do in that school and like how could you even get any work done you know yeah the thing is you can and you do and when progress is made honest to god you feel like having a party you know Um, (laughs) and uh, they're they're wonderful and it's such a vast world there's so many different uh, aspects and attitudes to it you know this is it it's 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 just i suppose i would love uh, it's such a pity with the pandemic because I, like the the school doors of St. Paul's are always wide open because mm. as I say I want to create awareness you know and I'd love to have more and more people come and visit a special school because everybody has been in a primary school mm-hmm. but not everybody has been in a special school and I think that's so sad to have NQTs who have not set foot in a special school. It, it is very sad and, and, and kind of kind of interesting parallels with, I suppose, yeah. some other minoritized kind of um, types of schools. Yeah. I'm, I'm always trying to think of ways I can get people to have a look into an educate together school to say, you know, to show that we're not, uh, you know, all crackpots, you know, kind of yes. uh, hugging yes. trees all day and all that yes. kind of stuff. Yes, absolutely. And, and, you know, we're, 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 we're a little bit weird, but we're not that weird, you know, that kind of thing. And I mean, I guess it's the same in, in a different way, obviously, with special absolutely. schools that yeah. everyone probably has a perception perception but um but uh, to actually see a special school in action uh is i i would imagine is it would would absolutely flip your mind um and and i think it's it's well worth i'd say considering teacher training colleges to maybe consider um i i mean i i i obviously it'd be quite difficult but uh to have some sort of um placement yeah, we have been trying to bang that drum. Now, to be fair, there's a lot more NQTs, you know, uh, for placement and all of that. And I, they do come to our school, you know, but yeah. just uh, it's optional. That's the thing. And even outside of that, when they're to, like, because I would say to the NQT, what do you know? Do you know that we have a curriculum? And they're yeah. kind of looking, kind of saying, what, what, you know, and uh, they're told about the syndromes, but they're not told um, about how to teach, mm. you know, the uh, and, and yeah. all of our children all of our children in in special schools they can all learn you know absolutely um uh, that goes without saying so um and i suppose the, the great thing is you you must think outside the box you know mm. so uh, you're not restricted that's 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 good and another thing i'm just on teacher training really is and uh, it's something that kind of comes up from time to time is do you think there should be a specialist qualification for special schools and special classes or do you think that uh, do you think it would be better for the general teaching uh, qualification no. to just get better 
at um, preparing teachers for special education. What I would love is that if in the general teacher training that there was a module on special ed, you know, mm -hmm. and it covered the vast world of special ed. So at least it would pique the interest, you know. Mm -hmm. And then what I would love, of course, to have a special uh, a degree that caters because it's a very, very vast world. It's, mm. it's huge, you know. Um, and you, if you came to my school here in St. Paul's, my school is completely different to my neighboring special school. Course, you know, yeah. so we're all we're all so different. So it would be wonderful if there was a degree course set up, um, so that teachers who do have an interest in in special ed could follow that. Because that's the other thing that I'm hearing from my staff, and again, I'm sure it's reflected mm. across all special schools. There's very little training out there. I know it's fantastic for our ASD colleagues uh, who are all working for, with children with autism that there is quite a lot after coming on board, and that's absolutely the way it should be. But if you went to look for training for intellectual disability, for children who have a profound intellectual disability, mm. and you wanted to know about how do you assess those children, mm. that's very hard to come by. And I look with envy at our colleagues in the UK, at all of the courses and everything yeah. that they have there. It, they are just amazing. Um, so, and all of, like the SNAs as well, you yeah. know, they're desperate to upskill. They're desperate to learn. Um, and I want them to learn, but, and, you know, we get onto the education centers and everything. But again, this is another disadvantage because mm. we're small numbers. But the great thing is, Simon, that because there's more and more special classes being added to mainstream schools, mm. like I know it's a dream of mine to have St. Paul's as a school of excellence yeah. so that the, the mainstream, our mainstream colleagues can come and learn from us, you know, Very that's, good. that's what I would love. Absolutely, some great cooperation and everything else. Gosh, I could talk to you all day about uh, about special schools, but I am running out of time, so I, I have to get to my well, the one question I always I'm, I'm decided if I'm ever going to be interviewing people on a regular basis, I have to ask people what they would do if they were the minister for education, because that is the title of the podcast. So, what well, um, I, I, I suppose if you had the reins, if you could run this benign dictatorship and you were the minister for education, what's the first thing? What's one thing you would definitely do? Well, and I can I just preface it by saying I smiled when, when I'm hearing you say that because that's a question I ask in interviews, you know, <laughs> if you were minister, what would you do? But anyway, what I would love is that if the Department of Education and all its employees, the CINOs and so forth, if they listened to and heeded the voice of the principal, because hmm. that is not done enough, you know, I mean, obviously, uh, as a principal, you we have a lot of staff. We will mm. not go looking for extra staff unless it's absolutely vital, you know. Mm. Um, and uh, just give us the resources. We don't want every resource. And I'm talking about human resources. Yes. Human resources. So I suppose to please not just take the ball. I actually, can I just say this, Simon, and I promise I'll finish this. I went <laughs> up to the Department of Education and I met with people involved, I won't name names now, and I met with people in the NCSE as well. And mm -hmm. uh, I was asked a question, and of course uh, I went on about it. And I, at the end of it, I said, will that make a difference? And I was told, well, I just have to tick the box that you were consulted. <laughs> that you know doesn't I mean? surprise I'm sorry, me. Like, yeah, no, and isn't that dreadful? Isn't that dreadful? Oh, so sure. please, just, and I, I think that a lot, of my, a lot of my mainstream colleagues would feel the same, please hear what we're saying hear what the principal is saying and respect it brilliant no that's that i think i think everyone would uh, absolutely agree with that so where could people find out more about you your school or special education and special schools uh, in general 
Right. Well, of course, we have our website, uh, www.stpaulsspecialschool.com, um, but and even more so our Facebook page, right? right. Uh, St. Paul's School Cork. Please do take a look at that because that's updated more regularly. Um, if you if you want to learn, it depends on what aspect, but about St. Paul's, for example, Flo Longhorn is an absolute visionary and she's in the UK and she um, she does a lot of work around children who she calls very special learners. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of stuff. Um, Pete Wells, he does the uh, sensory room, sensory stories, all of those kind of things. Like there's a huge amount of resources out there, you know. Um, but then obviously people can uh, email me or whatever. I don't mind. But um, oh, look, I could I could keep going, Simon, but I'm, I'm <laughs> conscious that you're caught for time. You're very good. And Anne, it's been absolutely a huge pleasure talking to you. It was, it was just a lovely, lovely conversation. And I'm so glad I've learned loads within a short amount of time about your school, about special schools in general. And I hope it's been a benefit uh, to anyone who's listening to the podcast. You've been so generous with your time and I really do appreciate it. Anne Hartnett, the principal of St. Paul's Special School in Montanotti in Cork. Thank you so much. So there we have it. Uh, Thanks so much for listening. I hope um, that gave you an insight into uh, special schools in Ireland. Uh, I learned a load from that interview and um, I, I think we answered our question as well for episode 66 of the podcast. If you're new to the podcast, um, this uh, podcast can be found on any of your usual podcasting platforms, whether that's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and all the rest of them out there. Just pick your favourite one and search for If I Were the Minister for Education or on Shaw.net, you'll get it there. I'd really appreciate any reviews or any uh, if if you want to subscribe to the podcast you'll be able to get a little earlier than everybody else i release them every week usually on a friday evening um that's really it for this week um kind of an unusual maybe episode uh you know, you probably were waiting for me to be ranting and raving uh, as as I usually do, but I thought that was a nice, pleasant conversation. And uh, why not? As we uh, co- go towards our last week, towards the midterm break next week. Listen, that's all I have for you this week. Uh, this week, anyway. Uh, next week, um, we'll be back with a next episode. Um, hope you have a good week. All the best. Bye bye.